When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to Anaheim. He's Danny Shirey. I'm Dan Kovacevic. We're with DK Pittsburgh Sports. We are covering the Penguins' 6-3 to three victory over the Ducks that was so not that close. No, it, it was not close at all. And, and the, the funny part about it is you want to sit here and you're like, okay, it's, it's great the Penguins finally turned in a performance like that. But then at the same time, it's like, it's the Ducks. So, I, you know, you, I don't know that you can take a, a whole lot of uh, tactics or, or X's and O's from what happened in this game. But at the same time, I think it's still a good thing that they took care of business. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I had the same phrase in my head just now as we were going down from the press box to the locker room. I had taken care of business. In fact, I was even going to make that one of the questions that I asked a couple of guys. Good to take care of business. And I thought to myself, this was more than taking care of business. You register 59 shots on goal. You attempt 100 or whatever it was, okay? Not not everybody's putting up 60 shots on these guys. No, they did. They have 17 wins. Uh, they have a goalie. And everybody in Pittsburgh knows about John Gibson. And I just like the fact that, and you asked Mike Sullivan about this, that they just kept the gas pedal down, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. We've, we've seen the Penguins all year. They'll put together a good 15 to 20-minute stretch only to just completely unplug the rest of the way. Um, and really, aside from just a, a minor push from the Ducks there throughout the second period, I, I didn't really see the Penguins letting up at all. No. And that's that's really the recipe and the consistency that they're looking to build here down this stretch run. Yeah, I, I see this as an optimal outcome and not just from the final score standpoint. There obviously is another game here in town tomorrow night. It's across town against the Kings. Kings are good. Uh, the Kings have home ice. <laughs> like these guys. My goodness, our first question comes from here we go, who says, how about those let's go Pens chant? Crazy. Yeah, it's this is my first time being here, but I I was not surprised by the turnout whatsoever by by the Penguins fans. If you want to participate in this program, you can do so on either YouTube Live uh, or you can do it on Facebook. Uh, All you have to do is go into the comments or the live chat and leave something there. And my first one that I would have for you in return is, what are you doing up? <laughs> Why do you go to bed? Well, I know it's Friday night and everything, and you stayed up to watch the game, but still, you know, go to bed. They're waiting for our postgame coverage. If Ganny Malkin, with his 1,200th point in the National Hockey League, uh, got a – we could hear – we weren't in the room yet, but you could hear from outside before media access – uh, the Penguins breaking out into a round of applause when he came back in after doing his post-game TV interview. Uh, he was geeked up. No, Malkin was absolutely geeked up tonight. He, <laughs> and most of the time, he he's out of the locker room pretty quickly. Obviously, he didn't have that luxury tonight because... Well, no, because Jeff Carter's beating him to the door all the time. All right. I said it! Can we go one episode without bringing up <laughs> Jeff Carter? And I, I'm guilty of this as well, but I'm, I'm hoping one of these days we can go... I'm not nearly that mature. <laughs> Seriously. Land speed record, and the dude scored for the first time since the eighth grade picnic. And he was right. still, we're, we're done with Carter. We're done with Carter. We're, right, going, we're right. going back to Malkin. All right, all right. We're going back to Malkin. So typically, Malkin's out of the locker room pretty quickly. 
Um, but obviously tonight he didn't really have that luxury because he, he was doing his TV interview right after the game ended. But then you walk in there and he's, he's smiling, he's happy, he's cracking jokes. Um, and, you know, Malkin really wears his heart on his sleeve. Yes. And, and you know exactly how he's feeling. And, and you can tell he's, he's on top of the world. Tonight. No question about that. Why doesn't Clint, who's cheating, by the way, because Clint's in California, so he was awake anyway. <laughs> Uh, Clint says, why doesn't Mark Friedman play over Chad Ruweedle whenever all of the defensemen are available? I think I have an answer for this. So last season, and, and even the, the previous season, the COVID season, when they first um, got him off waivers, yep. Friedman was very, very active, not only jumping up in the rush, but active offensively. And sometimes volatile. And volatile, but... I haven't seen nearly as much offensive activation from him. And the other thing, he's I, I do like some of the that that offense that he brings, but I think if you really start to watch his game, especially breaking the puck out in the defensive zone, his hands are like Yeah. His hands are not great and yeah. he, he flubs a lot of like easy pass. Is um, and, and kind of just make some breakouts a little tougher than they need to be. Um, that is a big priority. It's not something you hear him talk about a lot, but he did last summer where he said that in general they wanted to see their breakouts or that breakout success rate. Uh, that and they, that's something that they track internally with their own analytics people. Uh, that's actually not a stat that's even people like you can't find it, you know, unless I manually get it, <laughs> unless you start doing it yourself. <laughs> and right? I don't have enough time for that. And they, he's, he's not been great at that. Uh, he looks fun. And you know, look, we're going to hear all kinds of good stuff about Friedman. And why doesn't everybody just say why they really feel that way? Well, look, I, I, everyone knows why everyone's happy about Friedman's play tonight. Well, Cause he went after Kevin Shattenkirk because, you know, it was funny. He was asked, why did, why'd you go after Shattenkirk? He's uh, Shattenkirk could trip Jake, and he goes, "I didn't even really see what he did. I just, it, I saw Jake go down and went after him." Yeah, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure he said, "I figured he did something." I figured he did something is the line. So, yeah, that's, but that's it, good it, stuff. as far as Friedman's concerned, uh, I, there are elements to his game that I like, and and I think the Penguins can squeeze value out of. I just don't know that it's on a full time basis. Yeah, no question about that. Ernie jumps in with Friedman's physicality is his best asset. Yeah, but he's a little dude. You know that if your your two most physical guys on a team are are Friedman and Josh Archibald, okay, and those are the guys that you have throwing hits around. And, and you know? I I also think there is another factor to Friedman's physicality is that when you're seeking out that much physicality, mm -hmm. you are susceptible to taking yourself out of position. And I I don't think it's an issue, but it's something that I have noticed a little bit mm -hmm. in this game. And all these things probably add up as to why Ruweedle's still in there. And, yep. and Ruweedle had a, a tough month or so earlier he in the did. year, but he steadied his game, and I think he's yeah. been fine. We'll, we'll, yeah. Uh, Austin says, the fourth line was solid once again. Uh, in particular, Ryan Paling and Teddy Bluger is third line center the biggest need. Uh, you didn't have to ask the, you didn't have to <laughs> qualify this in any way. The fourth line was never the biggest need. The third line center is the biggest need. Third line right winger is the next biggest need. Third line left winger is the biggest need after that. Forget about the numbering of the lines. It means nothing. Those guys are a distant fourth line. I also don't care that they score twice. Although one was a power play. Yeah, I, I'll say this. The Penguins dominated, obviously, in shot attempts and scoring chances tonight. Every single – and I, I didn't check this after the game, but as of – Looks like Mike did here. <laughs> as of the end, as of the end of the second period, yep. every single skater on the Penguins 
was above water, meaning they were above 50% in shot attempts and scoring chances after the second period, except for Jeff Carter. How does that happen in a game that you're so utterly dominant that the entire team is controlling 70-some percent of shot attempts, scoring chances, expected goals? It, it, it's a massive problem, and, and the mm-hmm. fact that he scored tonight I think is just delaying the inevitable here. Of, I mean, this Gibson is a handed him a goal. I don't want to be a jerk here constantly but as it comes to Carter, but uh, Cody says Dumo had a great game. He shot the puck well. He threw his body around, and he read several pass breakups successfully. Is it Friedman's energy rubbing off on him? The first thing I'm going to do, Cody, is throw a question back at you because I've heard from people uh, in the comments section on our site on DK Pittsburgh Sports saying something similar. And generally when that happens, don't take this the wrong way, it means they're saying that on the broadcast. I didn't look at Dumoulin and say, great game. No, and and that's the thing. I think Dumoulin's floor has been so low this season that when he's not on the floor it's like wow he's playing well i i do think his game was decent tonight but at the same time you're still seeing those plays where a d to d pass is hopping over his blade and he's got to go chase it to the wall and then all of a sudden he takes a hit trying to keep the puck in the zone there there's these tiny little things that i i think add up that rush that you and i when we looked at each other up in the press box he had the rush and he had the player coming down the left side i don't remember who it was the pass missed the guy by 10 feet right and and i Again, you, you don't look you don't look at Dumoulin for those kinds of things, but they still add up. Like I was talking about with Friedman a little bit ago, all these tiny little things can add up, and, and they diminish your impact and value. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to rag on him. I I think he has steadied and improved his game considerably from where mm-hmm. it was. But I'm I'm not ready to sit here and say, oh, Dumo's back, 2017 right. Dumo, right. stick him on the top pairing. I don't think we're anywhere close to that. Doug McKinney says it's Mike Lang's Night Owl Club. That's right, except it isn't even night here. It's 10.18 p.m. out here. We still have time to go, like, hitting a fast food place or something afterward. Uh, who's a better teammate than Brian Russ? He was on top of Gino's 1,200-point puck before he even celebrated. Um, I, I'll share with you something else, Doug. When this game ended and the locker room pretty much was – some other interviews going around, I, I spent my time in there mostly with Gino and Rust. Did you see Rust? Didn't move from him. He sat like this. They were they were shoulder to shoulder. And Rust wasn't being interviewed. He just wanted to be there as a show of support. And of course, I had to. I mean, I had to turn the interview into a little bit of a, a, a routine at the end when I was asking Gino if he thought Rust would ever put that puck away. Because remember, he had the forehand chance and the backhand chance. And uh, Rust Rust just yelled out something along the lines of, "Yeah, I, I got it. Okay, I, I, I got it in." Uh, yes, that is a great teammate, you know, and it was good to see him score too. Have we brought up P.O. Joseph? Well, no one else did. See, that's what happens. I blame right. it on the negative people who are participating in this call because they're not even like, hey, what about P.O. Joseph? No, you know what? They're all like, let's count on Jeff Carter and Brian Dumoulin. And I'm like, no, stop criticizing Carter and Dumoulin. He was the one that brought Carter <laughs> up. Do not get it twisted. Anyway, P.O. Joseph not only scored twice tonight, but added an assist as well. Um, on his first goal, he was in a high slot. He got hit with a pass. He caught it out in his hip pocket in a loaded position and immediately fired. He didn't dust the puck off or stick handle at all. After the game, I asked him, I was like, is that by design? Were you trying to get that puck yeah, off yeah. in a hurry? And he goes, yeah, I was actually just practicing that with Teddy Bluger this morning or, or yesterday, last time they were on the ice together. 
we want to get that puck off in a hurry and you know we and low and well not well those shots went upstairs the, yeah the yeah, fir- yeah the first one was like mid-level the yeah, second yeah, yeah. one went the upstairs. second one he roofed it yeah yeah but it, joseph had a, a strong game tonight he he when i say low i'm referring to he's getting it over blades okay all oh, right right yeah i mean yeah. It, it is it's that that's the stuff that i mean staying on the rink to work work extra with teddy is an assignment unto itself well, because Teddy never leaves the rink. Teddy's probably like on the rink right now somewhere. Teddy never leaves the rink, but it's funny because Joseph and Latang never leave the rink either. They're frequently those three guys are, are typically some of the last guys off the ice for practice. And sometimes it could be 20, 30, 40 minutes afterward. Those, those guys are just endlessly putting in the work. Yeah. See, Austin comes with a question. Says, "Feels like every game, Jeff Carter gets lost defensively and gives up on the forecheck." You see what I mean? Nobody, anything PO. Everybody just wants to pick on Carter. I'm the Carter defender here. He even got the even Carter got defender. lost in the offensive zone tonight. There was a there was a point, I believe it was in the second period, maybe it was in the third period, mm-hmm. where Marcus Pedersen activated from mm-hmm. the left point, jumped. It, it wasn't necessarily in the slot. It was kind of on the edge of the inside of the left circle. He jumped up for a one timer off opportunity and as he was doubling back to get back in position he noticed that nobody was in his spot at the point well guess what jeff carter was about four feet behind him in the slot just kind of in la la land and then what happened and Pedersen, i i cannot verify this but it sure as crap to me looked like Pedersen motioned at him and said you got to Covered got, his glove so people like me and you can't read his lips. Right, yep. and, and it straight up looked like he was like, dude, you got to cover me when I activate. And Marcus is that type of guy. People don't know that about him. He is a system-oriented player who respects the system, who wants the system to be mutually respected and supported. Uh, this one comes from uh, Pittsburgh Sports all the time. It's a good win tonight, but I feel as if the game tomorrow – will be the one that defines the road trip, one of the bigger games of the year, if you ask me. That's a fair stance. I don't know if it's one of the bigger games of the year. When you're playing a Western team, hey, when we get home from here, California, it's two against the Islanders and one against the Devils. Okay. I'd say, I'd say all three of those are a lot bigger than any of the three out here. However, the game tomorrow in L.A. is going to be unquestionably the most challenging. I would say so. Um, the Kings are definitely – the best of these three. The, the best of these three, yeah. but I, I'm it's I'm interested to see how the Penguins are going to respond because the Kings are much more sound defensively than the Ducks are, obviously. Everyone is. Take that back. Uh, okay, much more. <laughs> I'm talking at least above league average. Okay. A minus 83 goal differential on the year now. <laughs> minus 83. You know how hard that is? got to turn around and fire the puck into your own net. <laughs> As far as the Kings go, I know for a fact that they're going to give – I'm a a big fan of their blue line, okay? They've got some nice pieces on on the back end. It's not just the one guy anymore. No, and and they don't have a bunch of household names, but I'm going to be very curious to see how the Penguins respond, especially early in the game if the Kings aren't giving them those looks that they had tonight because – Which they won't. Well, they won't. This was a a free skate. Right, but are the Penguins all of a sudden going to let bad habits creep back into the game because those chances aren't coming along? Because literally every single time they entered the offensive zone tonight, they basically had their way dissecting coverage, creating lanes, getting to the slot in the front of the net uh, for shooting opportunities, and it's it's not going to be that easy tomorrow. No no question here. Uh, Doug asks if it's going to be Tukarski tomorrow for sure, meaning Dustin Tukarski. Uh, nothing's for sure, and Mike Sullivan said so at the morning skate here today, and then he repeated it tonight. 
uh, he said, in fact, he said it could be the other guy, meaning not not to Smith. Part, so part of it, me I didn't like to Smith's. No, the, the, the two goals in the third period was kind of a that was kind of a cringy. Yeah, the, the two goals know? he gave up in garbage time weren't great. Although I screened wrist shots. I almost wonder because Tristan Jari is on this trip and is traveling if they don't go back to DeSmith tomorrow night and then Jari gets the start against the Sharks. Yeah, you still want to win the game tomorrow, you know. And Tukarski, look, if there's one team in the league, you know, you know, he would line up against, you know, it would be some it would be someone like that. Um let's go with uh, one last one here on this session. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh Sports all the time says I just feel bad for John Gibson, he doesn't deserve this. You know, it's funny. Uh, Casey DeSmith said something similar afterward, only when asked a question who wasn't going to be disrespectful on his own. He said, I thought I thought Gibby played pretty well, was his exact quote. Um, Gibson's save percentage is one of the lower ones in the league for a, for a full-time starter. And I didn't think he did himself a lot of favors. It might be a case of shell shock, and we have seen that in hockey history if you're in the net it was like when they would send good goalies to detroit over the past decade it didn't matter because if you just got so tired of having to do 50 or 60 of these every night that it beats you up i saw gibson even early in the game when it was one nothing or one one uh mishandling the puck doing things that you just that's not the john gibson that i'm used to seeing right i i, I don't think his raw numbers are, are- i take him though Oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. I don't think his raw raw save percentage and goals against average. I don't think that's quite indicative of, of the goalie he is now. But I, I completely agree with you that he is um, nowhere close to the to the top end guy that that the league was. He, he was basically like what Jacob Markstrom was last year, right? Gibson, that's good. Gibson yeah, Gibson's good. game hasn't really been there for what is it two three seasons now two seasons, but he. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just completely out of there with this, but Gibson of 2018 and Jacob Markstrom of 2022 are, are very similar to me. Maybe I'm just rambling here and we need to move on to the next topic so I don't make myself sound like a dummy. <laughs> and the last one for real on this session goes to Ernie, who says the Rangers and Islanders got stronger with Horvat and Tarasenko. In your opinion, what player can the Penguins pick up to keep up with the Metro? Okay, first off, I Thanks so much for watching and listening, Ernie. But I, I really can't stand that line of thinking. And it's so common. Okay. I'm the minority here, not you. The idea that another team gets somebody and then you have to match their headlines, that's a New York thing. Okay. And not coincidentally, these were two New York teams where, well, the, the Mets did something. So now the Yankees have to do something to win the back page again. No, no. What you have to do is make a better hockey team. You don't do it because. The, the, the Islanders did something. The Islanders have, I want to say the Penguins have like four games in hand on them. So the standings are misleading where the Islanders are concerned. Uh, they have more problems than what Bo Horvat could solve. I'm not a big believer in what they've got. No, if the Islanders go anywhere, it's going to be solely because of Ilya Sorokin. Is Sorokin playing out of his mind, which is not a sustainable formula for any team. And and the Rangers, that's a different. That's different. I mean, I, I'm I'm a Tarasenko guy. Okay, and of course Vladimir scored what in the first? Yeah, he scored. He scored in the first like two, three minutes. Yeah, of, which is of what he, the guy can shoot in his sleep. He's incredible. Um, but I don't know that that changes the division or something like that. If Carolina goes and gets somebody, uh, that's when we can start talking about. Oh, now you got to keep up with, um, you know, even Washington. 
You know, they're going to make the playoffs. They always play the Penguins. You know, they're missing guys. So there's a lot of time. There's a whole month or a little bit less than a month until the until the trade deadline. Third line center. That, that's all it is. The, the Penguins' top the six third is, line center. is set in stone. Yep. You, you don't need to go I think big. the fourth line is close to set in stone. I really do. Yeah, I, I still do have uh, some mild – Oh, maybe not mild, but I, I do still have some concerns about Teddy Bluger's game, even though he, he did create several chances tonight, and I, I thought he played a pretty strong game, as did his whole line. Um, but th- there's no question about it. Kapanen has been putting up points this year, but at, at a decent rate for, for the ice time he's been getting. But yeah, he's not driving he's, play, and no. I don't. he's not helping you defensively like he actually which was he actually for did parts of last, last year, season, yeah. which was crazy. And no, never got any credit for it. Wow. Yeah. I gave okay, him, well, he I gave did. Him he the did. Credit, okay. When he wasn't bashing Carter and Dumoulin relentlessly. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, listen. Uh, CJ says Max Domi, three center. It's not yeah. going to happen. I, I appreciate uh, and we appreciate uh, you guys being with us, especially at this ungodly hour of the night uh, back home. We'll do this again tomorrow from L.A. after the game. Come along with us, huh?